0: we <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast with me Colum Cronin and my esteemed colleague Stuart Roach. Stuart how are you doing? I'm very
1: well Colm, very well. Hopefully we won't have the same kind of host um, legendary figure retirement blues that the Broncos have had after Sean Elway and Peyton Manning sort of sailed off into the sunset. Now that Michael has left us, hopefully we'll uh, have a more um, sort of uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers transition than our beloved Broncos did. But but uh, yeah, good, good, always good to chat. It's I uh, had a, just we were both on a little bit of a break last week. That's why we uh, had a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast, but we're back. We're ready to go. We have a huge amount to get through. Uh, no, no, we really don't have a huge amount to get through because we're, we're. I don't. I think you know if we were if we were members of the. The broncos coaching staff i don't think we could be more enthusiastic about training camp being just around the corner because we've been starved of news this off season some would say it's a good thing some would say, remember the days of talib and he would give us something to talk about at least every two or three days in the off season so maybe some kind of a balance might have been nice but you know maybe no news is good news at this point uh but yeah we're all on training camp actual broncos football and that's what, when, when we start to sort of things really begin to take shape. But yeah, you know, we're we're nearly there. We're nearly there. We the um I don't know if you've seen Colin, if you look at the NFL has a certain amount of days left until real football and they go through the players. So it's you know a certain person's jersey will and it's always around this time you kind of go, yeah, it's not too far now. We're nearly there. Like when it's on ninety nine I think we've still had some distance to go. So we, we're not we're not that far yet. So which is which is good. So nearly there.
0: Yeah, I think that the off season, you kind of had Sean Payton saying he wanted people to work in silence and, you know, that that makes a nice change. We've talked about that before, but, you know, you're beginning to see, I suppose, we're post the 4th of July now. This is where it all begins to ramp back up again and, you know, we need to be wary of the hype that surrounds particularly this time of the year. People are in the best shape of their lives. Guys who have injury histories are putting that behind them. They're going to play a full season. Guys who are coming off injuries are going to return better than ever before. So with all those caveats, you know, it is, look, it is we all want to get to a point where football is back and we can be excited about actual football again. I know that you had seen a poll, a secret poll, I suppose, or an anonymous poll that was done with NFL front office executives, was it, or was it with coaches around the player, the best players in particular positions?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a combination of of all of them, Colin. I think. Um... Uh, From what I can remember, it was uh, executives, players, stouts and coaches. Uh, So they went through uh, various different positions and Pat Sertan um, beat out Sauce Gardner to uh, first place, uh, which is kind of incredible. In fairness, it's incredible for for Sauce Gardner as well, you know, to have two extraordinarily young players in, in that extremely difficult position. Um so the Jalen Ramsey is, is now a third. Someone argue that might be a little high for Jalen Ramsey, but uh, then Jair Alexander is fourth. Jair Alexander in particular is a sensational cornerback. So I think it um you know, I, I guess, you know, when, when a cornerback was picked, there was some controversy over it, but I do think that you know you have to take your hat off. I think that was a home run. Um Patsertan barring injury, you know, he, the definition of a lockdown corner. And hopefully, you know, his, Pat Sertan's career won't go the same way as Champ Bailey's did in Denver for large patches of it. Um, I mean, I know Champ did, in fairness, have one extraordinary year where he got to the AFC Championship game and should have won that. It's, I think we've spoken about this before. It's one of one of the, the great what-if Broncos teams is that team that lost um to the Steelers in the AFC Championship. And then at the very tail end of his career, when, when, to be honest, I think most people kind of thought the Champ might have transitioned to safety at that stage because his legs, unfortunately, were gone. He did finally make it to the super bowl and um you know didn't really end you know the way anybody in orange wanted it to um but you know i think Sertan is one of those players i don't know Colin, like there are certain positions you know like the cornerstone positions are uh quarterback left tackle pass rush and lockdown corner um you know we've got reasonable players in in two of those four we don't really have anybody as a pass rusher Um, i suppose frank clark maybe uh, but we absolutely have a lockdown corner in in Pat Sertan. and that for me is one of those key positions that you don't really need to worry about as i said barring serious injury the only thing i would say is in a couple of years Pat tan is going to make some serious coin um because if he's already considered to be rightly the best cornerback in the nfl at his age and um, thank God he's still playing off that rookie contract, but he his agent must be just licking his chops with news like this. Which and it's not the first time Sertan has mentioned in the top two or three quarterbacks in the NFL. But uh, I think the fact that this was so many different um people of of significant positions in the NFL, um you know this is about as close to unanimous as I think you're going to get, given the sort of spread it had. Um, you know this is tremendous news for for Palin and. and Look, the last few years haven't been really anything to get excited about, Column as, as we well know. And um, so I, I don't know about you, but I begin to find solace in in almost watching a player's individual performance when the team, you know, sucks. Let's be honest. And um, so Pat Tan has been one of the few bright spots um, as a Broncos fan. And um, so I just, you know, like everybody, I think in Orange. I just hope we start to get a team around him that, that is deserving of his talents. Hopefully, that'll be something that uh, we can sort of get fixed over the next year or two.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing that jumps out to me about Pat Sertan, I've had the, the good fortune to meet him on a few occasions, and just the guy's humility and his normality. There are no airs and graces. He is just a, a very, very normal individual. no no entourage, has time for everybody. And it's not an act, I've seen him kind of do it when, you know, with fans outside the the stadium, he's the guy who stays and spends time taking the photos, signing everything, saying hello, and really kind of engaging with people in in a way that it is genuine. It's not just the kind of wave and, you know, okay, met my minimum contractual obligations here so we do have a very special player in him and i think you do have to almost watch it in isolation though and you know over certainly over the last couple of years that has been the case i hope that changes i think it is it's fascinating that we're in a period in the league where young cornerbacks are really in you know Able to be all pro almost immediately. I think it, it's interesting. It's kind of a testament to the way in which the league has changed. And the, you've got Sauce, so obviously. You got Pat Tan. You also have, you know, Tariq Woolen, who the Seahawks obviously acquired. But you've got a number of guys around the league who who are fantastic individual talents. I I just to me I suppose I hope that we can get the offense to. You know, work in tandem with the defense because, to me, I think he probably is the best cornerback. But ultimately, you can it's you can have the best cornerback in the league, but you know that doesn't mean you're you're going to go anywhere. Whereas if you have the top quarterback in the league, well, you know you know where you're going. We we have that probably in our in our division. In terms of the pass rush, George, I suppose you know looking at it after bringing in. Frank Clark we discussed this but we are now in a situation where how many what what are you expecting out of Randy Gregory this year like what what's your best case scenario do you have a best case or what's your worst case scenario but
1: my best case scenario Colin would be perhaps him replicating what he did with the Cowboys um in his final season um which earned him the big money move to the Broncos. Now, his numbers weren't sensational. I think um, the Broncos probably gambled a little bit on him taking yet another jump. Um, I think the feeling around NFL circles was that Gregory finally sort of began to reach his potential. Um, But the caveat column always was that Randy Gregory has never finished or come even close to finishing a full 16 or 17 game NFL season. Um, And, you know, I think obviously we've changed... Um, athletic trainers. I would hope that that might make some difference because, as we spoke about previously, the amount of serious lower leg injuries the Broncos suffered during the last sort of four to five seasons was just off the charts. And um, maybe that will help. But I think it's you know, like you're talking worst case scenario. Would it be much different to last year? Did Randy Gregory do anything last year of any significance? The answer, unfortunately, is no. Um, what did he get? Maybe four and a half sacks. If even that, like, no, I can't.
0: No, did, he didn't. He didn't even get that. He had. He flashed. like there were a, there was a game or two where he had a sack or and a fourth fumble. He had a couple of fourth fumbles. A couple of sacks. But I mean, I think he started three games last year. He may, he He played six in total, but he started three. So, yeah, I think if there was if it was another season like last year with the money that has been invested there, I do think, yeah, you'd have to call that worst case scenario.
1: Yeah, you would. and I, But I, I also think, Colin, you need to be slightly realistic about what the best case scenario is. And that's why I would say something perhaps like uh, the season he had for the Cowboys, uh, which wasn't great, but was effective. And I think if you if you get that with Frank Clark uh, and one or two of the younger guys, I know it was Byron Browning who's on the PUP, I think, isn't he? Which is unfortunate because he did look like he was trending in the right direction, you know. But if you can get that with one or two, of the other guys kind of filling filling in. But to me, Colin, like, I would be very surprised because I just don't think there's anything in Randy Gregory's career to suggest that he's going to play 17 games next season. I, it could happen, in the same way. Russell Wilson could bounce back and book historic trends when a quarterback starts to have that kind of slide. It could happen, but I would be surprised. Um, so I, I think for me, I liked the Frank Clark edition column for the simple reason that I I had very little faith in Andy Gregory, unfortunately. Um so I thought that was a, an excellent insurance policy move. Um, but I, I think, you know, and, and like you're talking, this kind of came from talking about Pat Tan. Like Pat Sartan, uh, you know old hat to say this, but like a cornerback's job was made incredibly much easier if they've got a significant pass rush. Like the no-fly zone got a nickname uh, deservedly so it was one of the best secondaries you've ever seen. But let's not forget that they also had von Miller, Demarcus Ware, and you know, and the other guys who filled in successfully for them, c- causing havoc, which forced quarterbacks into making throws that they probably didn't want to make. Um so can you imagine how good Passer Tan would be if he had a pass rush like of which we are used to having in Denver, you know? So, and I think also whoever the cornerback, that's the funny thing about like one of the hardest jobs in football, Colin, in the early 2000s was the cornerback who played opposite John Bailey, because he kind of knew that most of the uh, significant action was coming his way. I think you're kind of looking at that now, really for the guy, whoever plays opposite, um, Tan. and that's why I thought uh, Damari Mathis did a really good job last year. You know, he struggled early on, but I thought he he looked like a very good player. Um, you know, so I think that's, to keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Randy Gregory, for me, like you never want to ride a guy off after on one season. Love to be surprised, um, but I do have my doubts.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, when you're looking at it, you're, you're hoping on a number of, of different things this season, right? And booking historical trends in terms of Blair, like Randy Gregory playing a full season, Russell Wilson returning to sort of top five to be form and for Javante Williams to return and look exactly like he did prior to injury I think if you, you know obviously look if you get one of the, those three then you're doing very well if you get two that's absolutely incredible whether any of them will, will come off or not you know I know this week I saw that Bradley Chubb was talking about Russ, and to be honest, it almost filled me with more dread because Bradley Chubb said that Russ did everything he possibly could, even you know, to help the team last year, and he invested everything. And this is, you know, Bradley Chubb doesn't need to say that, but if that's the case, then either the coaching situation was even worse than the incompetence that we saw, and in which case you know, there really needs to be an investigation into how exactly Nathaniel Hackett was A hired and be allowed to maintain, you know, his position for as long as he did. Or we're we're not getting the, the full story. I did think it was interesting though that a player that left said it. And and I think there is enormous pressure. Russ this year, but on and I've said this before, teams writ large because Teams were in a situation where they saw what happened with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and I think they all fell in love with it, and they were willing to trade the farm essentially to bring guys in, and didn't work last year at Russ. It obviously didn't work last year with Deshaun Watson, who is a completely you know different case to Russ. Russ is a a good person. He's not Deshaun Watson. But you've also seen it done now for Aaron Rodgers, and I think this is very much going to be a case where the league looks at what happens with these three guys, and you know if it doesn't play out well for all three franchises, you may well get teams. they will always be an outlier, and but you may well get teams think is you know the the draft and develop is is really the the way that that we have to to go. I suppose, Stuart. In in terms of Javante, he he has said this week that he expects to be good to go for for training camp. Would you be willing to to throw him straight in, given that he's coming back from such a significant knee injury?
1: It's a tricky one, column, isn't it? I think you know, in any sport, you'd be wary of putting a player back in but suffered such a catastrophic injury like you know as we've said before Javante and force you seemed to tear just about everything it was terrible in that knee um you know and and this is a position that is going to suffer wear and tear anyway um but i guess you know we'll have to give the medical the new medical team the benefit of the doubt and i think if you know i think you'll get an idea in training camp as well I'll call him like that's the thing i think you'll you'll see like he he does you know, he he has always sort of exuded a kind of a calm um, demeanour in regards to his return from injury. You know, I think he, he's never gone too high or too low. He seems to have always felt like he's on schedule. Um, but I do think that the proof of the pudding will be in the eating of it. I think we will know when actual football comes back. Um, and I think, you know... We all hope, you know, when we're talking about sort of bright sparks to look out for in Denver, like, uh, he was the only reason to watch the Broncos when the offense come on the field in his first season. There was, was nothing else. Um, he's such a dynamic player. And I, I think it's very important to me, Colm. I think, look, you know, the running back position has been, you know, has been has been undervalued or devalued or whatever you want to talk about. It's certainly viewed in a different light than when we started watching American football. Um, You know, Dalvin Cook is still on the market, which is, which is, unusual I think there was talk today that Dalvin Cook is waiting until training camps to make a decision which is probably the wise move I think but I I am not convinced by the Broncos running back room I'm not Um, and I think we we have for a team that is on record I think is wanting to go run heavy and I think going run heavy is the best thing to do in order to get Russell Wilson hopefully into some kind of, to re-enter some kind of comfort zone. um, I don't think we have the running backs in the room to do that, bar Javante Williams, who has a massive question mark. P. Ryan is a very good um, sort of third down back. He's a very good short distance back. He's a very good goal line back. He's not a three down running back, hasn't been at any stage in his NFL career. So again, it's sort of ludicrous to think that that's going to happen now all of a sudden. um. So I, I think to me, like this, this is a position where, you know, we do like we, we still bizarrely call and have quite a lot of question marks around key positions on this team. You know, you were talking about pass rush. Obviously, uh quarterback is still a massive question mark around it. And I think running back still has a has a has a serious question mark around it as well. As I said, for a team that it wants to run the ball. Um so I think You know, I still think we're probably in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, although we have precious little money to play around with. Uh, So that would be one I would keep an eye on. I hope Javante Williams can come back to full fitness, and I hope he can come back to full fitness quickly, because I do think an awful lot of what the Broncos' offensive identity is going to be next year kind of comes down to him, uh, or or a player who takes his place, should unfortunately he not be able to recover in full from those injuries. So I think, again, for me, Colin, running back and the running back room is still a case of watch this space because I don't think it's it's finalised. I don't think the running back room we have now is the one that we will probably be going into week one in the regular season with. Or if it is, it's because Javante looks brilliant and he's back to full fitness, which is, you know, what we all want. But still a lot of question marks around
0: that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how camp goes on that and whether there's a rookie that emerges because the league has definitely changed since we started watching it. I mean, last year you had three teams that had running backs that went over 1,500 yards, and none of those teams made the playoffs. If you had, you know, if that happened in the 80s or 90s, or or even probably, you know, in the pre-2010, certainly, team would be talking about they're definitely going to to the playoffs at, at the least. I think it's very much running back by committee and again you know you look at what the eagles did you look at what the the chiefs did with pacheco and finding complementary pieces and i think i wonder if latavius murray starting last year on you know basically a practice squad and then ultimately ending up with the broncos and and being our number one rusher for the season we'll see i think i do agree i think they're There's another to come in there. Now, whether that is that that somebody surprises, and I think running back, it can. I mean, you don't have to go back that that far back for Philip Lindsay, who was very impressive in those first two years. But I think that is a position where somebody can come in, somebody undrafted or somebody unheralded can come in, especially if the offensive line takes a step forward that we want it to. Uh, Stuart, next week, we will be, you know, just on the, the cusp of training camp, and I think at that point we we should have much more to talk about. Uh, but we want to thank Mile High Report and uh, check the, them out. Always lots of articles going up on the website. You can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. I'm there at Column from Cork. And until next week, go Broncos!
1: Go Broncos!